0: Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Rachel Olegabimi from Prescott, Maine. Welcome, Rachel. Thanks for having me, Angel. Well, Rachel, you spent two years in Liberia with the Peace Corps. Tell our listeners today about that adventure.
1: Yeah, Um. so right after college, I went straight into the Peace Corps. I was assigned to Liberia is a small country in West Africa um, we spent three months training and then I was a school teacher so the school year started in September and I taught for two school years yeah.
0: Wow what did you teach
1: I taught math and science math and yeah science for kids. middle school
0: now, you went to the math and science school in Limestone, Maine. Is that right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for high school. Yeah. yeah. So
0: did that prepare you for what you were... Did that help prepare you for what you were doing?
1: Yeah. I also, I studied chemistry in college. So it was sort of all in the same science track.
0: We know that God's Word tells us that we make our plans, but it's God that orders our footsteps. Um, tell me what it was like being in... In Liberia. Yeah. Um, it was challenging at
1: times because the culture is so different, and I was so far away. Sort of felt kind of lonely at times, but it was also really rewarding because I learned a lot, and the people really welcomed me and appreciated me for coming. So.
0: You had said something about the day that you left. What What was that all about?
1: Oh yeah they The school had a big program for me, and they met with the town the town elders who were like the almost like a town council and they made it like a holiday, so nobody was working that day and they put together a really big program for me, and a lot of people were there, so yeah, and they gave me like a certificate of appreciation, and everyone made speeches It was really really heartwarming.
0: I'm sure that yeah. must have really touched your heart. Um, would you do it again? Yeah, I would. You would. Yeah. 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 Do you think that's a good experience for uh young adults to go into the Peace Corps?
1: Mhm. Yeah. I think it's a really great organization like some volunteering work you do, you have to raise money for yourself, you have to pay your own tickets, you have to buy your own passport. For Peace Corps, they covered all of that. They get you your passport, health coverage, dental, the flights there, transportation, food, lodging, everything, and they give you a stipend at the end as well. So I thought that was really great, and like they gave us training, how to stay safe, how to cook, how to. They give you lessons in teaching. So, yeah, it was a really great people to work with.
0: Wow. Now, what made you decide that God, or how did you know that God was opening that door for you? Mm
1: hmm So, I'd wanted to be a teacher for a long time, but I just found, like, the education classes that I took at college, um, they were pretty boring, and so I didn't think that that was, like, what I wanted, you know? Like, my path wasn't to be an education major but I still felt like I was being called towards teaching and education. And there was a speaker at my college who had done Peace Corps. And I spoke with her after about it. And it just sounded like the perfect fit for me. So,
0: so future.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What does that look like, Rachel?
1: Um, I'm not too sure yet. I'm still sort of open about what's next. I don't have anything nailed down, but I do really enjoy service. So I could see myself working like with the government or with another charity or I could return to teaching. Um, Yeah, we'll see.
0: So God, we know that God is going to lead you to the right steps. Um, He's going to open the doors. We know that through his word that he opens doors for his people that um, no man can close. And we know that he says all things work together for good for those who love and serve the Lord. And so that um, service to him doesn't go unnoticed, does it? Yeah, definitely. What um, what brought you back to Maine?
1: Well, I, I grew up here. It's always sort of been home for me.
0: And this being harvest, don't you love the beauty of the harvest?
1: Yeah. yeah. I was out on my bike last week, or I've been out on my kayak and just looking around. It's so nice out. It's a little bit chilly now, especially compared to Liberia, but it's still really nice to be outside.
0: What was the weather like there, Rachel? Um,
1: It's basically like 80 degrees around there. But it's year round, so they don't have like hot and cold seasons. It's just like dry in summer, like dry in July, August, and then more rainy at other times in the year. So,
0: but yeah. Do you? How did you adapt to eating their food? I mean, so this is not like you can adapt for two weeks and you're going home. You're going to be there for two years. How did mm-hmm. you adapt it to their their culture? Yeah. So um,
1: for the food. It took a little getting used to. It's very, like, oily. They use a lot of oil. And a lot, like, it's very spicy. So, sometimes it can have, like, stomach problems for a lot of volunteers. Or, like, their meat is, like, very chewy because it's often, like, free range. But, yeah, I mean, over time, if you're eating that every single day, then you just get used to it probably in the first couple months.
0: But you... You didn't really have much choice, right?
1: Right, yeah. You When you're sort of in that situation, I mean, it'd be silly to say, like, oh, because I don't like the food, I'm just going to quit, right? So you you either can stay and push through it, or you can give up, and I, I chose to stay. That's
0: great. Yeah. What would you um, say was some of the highlights of your time being there?
1: Uh... I would say the people that I met, you know, like I met my neighbors and a lot of them had, you know, all kinds of struggles with poverty, unemployment. A lot of people never went to school, you know, they can't read or write or they have struggles feeding their families. But like, despite that, they know so much, you know? They know how to build houses and how to, like, make their own farms. They know how to fix motorcycles and they know how to do lots of stuff that I don't know. So it sort of opened my eyes to, like, just because somebody isn't, you know, educated or because they have, a, like, a poor background, then that doesn't mean that you can't still learn from them.
0: Mm, that's yeah. right,
1: and they just like opened their homes to me which was really surprising like I was like a stranger to them but they would still invite me over and come and visit me so yeah I was really touched by that do you feel
0: like they have some of the same issues that we have in America as far as um, culture racial issues things that um, I don't know what's their primary religion there
1: um, yeah, it's mostly Christian, although there are some like ethnic groups that are Muslim, so mm-hmm. it's like a mix of different religions. Um, I think like some of the issues, like for instance, alcoholism is a big problem. Like I knew a lot of people, especially men. You know, they get paid at the end of the month, and by the end of the weekend, they've already like partied it half of it away, wow. right? and just like once they see any money it's just like gone like that but I think like you know alcoholism that's a issue here as well in the states or like domestic like abuse or violence was also a problem sort of together with alcoholism a lot of the time Um, yeah and just in general like poverty right you have a bunch of kids and you want to put them to school and you want to feed them and have them have a good life but maybe there's no good way to do that so so i think it's some of the same struggles but at the same time like in america you know we have shelters we have you know government services and there there's not really any of that so you're kind of on your own
0: so there's not like food pantries and things like that there no,
1: no. no. Mm-hmm. most people they're farmers like subsistence farming so them and their families and their children they go out into the woods they like clear out an area and like they grow a few acres of rice with like peppers and pumpkin and corn but you know at harvest time they'll have food and they'll be really happy, but a few months later, they run out, and their new farm hasn't come up yet. So it's like, like they can survive, but there's no help, you know. Or if they have a bad harvest, right? If they have, you know, groundhogs or something that are eating their crops, that could be like the difference between life and death, sometimes.
0: Wow! Yeah. And you got to witness that firsthand. Mm-hmm. You saw. Um, so what does happen? Does neighbors help each other? Do they, like, if someone had an, a, a farm that done very well and another family didn't, their fa- their farm didn't do so well, do they help each other? Um, yeah,
1: but, I mean, there's never a whole lot of excess, usually. Or, like, like maybe I have a good job. Maybe I, like, I'm the head of the hospital or something. You know, I might have my kids, i might have my brothers and sisters who are calling me and asking for financial help. I might have an orphan who I've taken in, right? So everybody's already kind of stretched thin usually. Yeah. Wow.
0: what are some of the um what are some of the uh, friendships you developed there? Um you said like you the children and they had a party for you for the in the community but what about like with other Peace Corps students did you develop um, friendships with them or were you in groups or were you all alone
1: yeah we were each of us had our own town and our own school but like one of my friends was in a town like 10 minutes away and so he would usually come like on the weekends like to the market which was in my town Or another friend half an hour away and so often like maybe once or twice a month we would get together and it was good because we could like talk about our experiences and sort of like say like oh this is what I'm going through and like sympathize a lot or like give suggestions what kind
0: of transportation did they have in the village that you were in Mm -hmm. sorry
1: I don't know that one Um, so the roads there it's all dirt roads like the whole country basically. And in rainy season, the roads are just, like, mud, right? They're just kind of swept away. So cars can't even pass on a lot of the roads, right? Picture, like, 50 miles of just, like, potholes and dirt roads. So mainly people travel on, like,
0: dirt bikes. Yeah. Wow. Is that how you got to your village? Was on a dirt bike? Um, so Peace Corps has its
1: own, they're, like, um, SUVs, like, uh, yeah, Toyota Land Cruiser is, like, the most popular one. So those ones can get through. And they, like, dropped us off to help us move in. But, yeah, on, like, the day-to-day to get around, it's just dirt bikes.
0: So I want to back up a few years. So you're gra- you graduated college. You went to Gordon College. Is that right? Yep. And your major was chemistry? Mm-hmm. Yep so you're a chemist yeah and you felt god drawing you to the peace corps is that yeah. what you're telling me yeah you definitely fell it you felt how did you know for sure how how did you know that that calling that it was a calling that god was calling you to go to liberia far far away from family mm. friends Um, it's not like you had a best friend that was going with you, right? Yeah. You went all by yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess, like, at first, I didn't, like, it seemed like what God was saying, but I didn't want it to be true, almost, you know? Like, I thought there's so many other, like, I could find a private school or I could stay home, but God just, like, left it on my heart, and... You know, it seemed like that it was the harder thing to do, but it was the right thing to do. And, yeah, so, like, at the end of the day, I, I just couldn't, couldn't say no when I knew that that was God's plan for me.
0: Wow. Now, he says in his word that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Do you feel that he's done that in your life?
1: Yeah, I think so. Like... Um, my whole two years that I was there, I never felt unsafe or like threatened, and I think like that was because I'd chosen to follow him, you know. Like others had gotten in like car accidents or, you know, had had things like that happen, but I never had anything. So I felt like, you know, because I I, I sought after God, He like rewarded me for that.
0: Wow, that is incredible that, um, that's, that's really rich, Rachel, because of God's hand, because of his protection, that he never allowed anything to happen. That's, and that you saw that. Now, um, I grew up in a whole different scenario, so, um, (laughs) I can remember some of the very first small steps I took, um, to go out of out of um, the area for different different missions. And I thought that was very brave. But when, um, when I heard your story, I'm like, whoa, this girl is, um, she has no fear. Has fear ever been an issue in your life, Rachel? Is that anything that you ever struggled with? Yeah, I think,
1: like all the time, you're afraid of things. Um, but like for me, it's like, yeah, you, there's usually, like, a choice, right? You can either let the fear control you or you can control the fear, right? And so, yeah, like, there are scary things, but you just sort of have to confront it.
0: Face it head on. Yeah. Do you think you'll do another missions to other parts of the world? Um...
1: It's hard to say for now. Like, I think, at least for now, I'm kind of happy to be back, back to the States. Um, But I definitely could see myself going for, like, emergency help. Or, like, if there was, like, a hurricane or something, like, going for, like, a short time to make a difference in that sort of situation. But, you know, maybe, like, 10, 20 years down the road, I might change my mind.
0: So you're... 23 years old, Mm -hmm. and you've got a whole lifetime ahead of you. And so I like that, what you said about when God lays it on your heart. So if God laid something on your heart next week, Rachel, I know that you're going to say yes, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it makes me think of of the scripture. He said, um, take up your cross and follow me. Sometimes following Jesus is exactly what you said, just saying yes, but you're going into the unknown, right? So Mm. when you went there, you were prepared as much as possible through the Peace Corps, but you were really going into the unknown.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because, like, they can prepare you, but even they don't, like, they've never lived in these towns. They visited them and checked them out and talked to the locals but there's never any kind of guarantee. But that's true, I think, for all of life, you know, nobody can ever guarantee what's gonna happen, and I think that anybody has to, you know, trust in God, right, but my experience was like a more extreme version of that, you know.
0: How do you, how did you get to the point, I mean, was it a, Immediate, yes, Lord, I'll go. Um, or was it? Was there like a process that you went through in your own heart when God was separating you um, to, to, to go to Liberia?
1: Yeah, I would say more of like a process. Because I did think to myself, like, you know, is this the right thing, right? Like, two years is a long time, and I don't want to, like, get there and think, like, oh, I made a terrible mistake So it took me time, and, like, there was a lot of doubt. But at the end of the day, I thought, you know, like, am I living this life, like, what's my purpose? And it's to to make a difference for God's children, right? To follow God and His path for me. And so, you know, I just, I did what I thought was the right choice.
0: Amen. When I was in Florida at the... uh, global revival meeting I found it quite interesting that I ended up um, standing in as an ambassador for Liberia and I thought to myself how it's one thing to pray uh, uh, for another country and it's another thing to um, to go and both are important, but you put action. When God called you, you said yes. And I just believe um, Rachel, according to his word, he's going to reward you. Um, when you give into the lives of other people, he says, given it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, shall man give into your bosom. That's not always just finances. That's in all, all areas, isn't it? Yeah. How have you seen God provide for you? Um, I think
1: that he has provided me like, like in the classroom, sometimes it takes like strength and persistence, um, to keep going, you know. Because some students they're like, they don't want to learn, they don't want to be there, they don't want someone else telling them what to do, so, sort of. But if you're patient with them and if God kind of gives you that guidance and like that strength that like, yeah, this is where you're supposed to be, you know, I've, I'm here with you. um, Yeah, so I, I'd say that God gave, provided me with like strength and like the energy to keep at it day after day.
0: Wow. Well, praise God. Well, I'm so excited that um, you had that experience and that God had ordered your footsteps to Liberia. And we know today that God is calling people to step out. Uh, maybe it's not all the way to Liberia. Maybe it's just to um, do something nice for a neighbor or a friend. Or maybe he's laid on a, on one of our listeners' hearts today to um, to do a missions trip or um, to teach Sunday school or to go uh, help another church. Or um, There's a work for everyone, isn't there, Rachel? Yeah. And I think, like the main thing that I learned was
1: that, you know, humans are humans, people are people everywhere. Anywhere you go, there's going to be people who are hurting or who are in need, and there's going to be people who have the ability to help, right? And so, I think even here or wherever you are, you can make a difference in somebody's life. You know, you can reach out to somebody who, who's who been forgotten.
0: Amen. Well, I always like to end the broadcast with prayer. Would you pray for our listeners today, Rachel?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for our listeners today. I pray that you give them guidance to the paths that you've chosen for them and that you give them clarity in their future. Uh, I pray that they have a heart like yours, God. A heart that looks at the pain of others and, and feels for them. Give them compassion and the willingness to sacrifice of themselves for another brother or another sister. Um, I pray for your peace and your protection on us and on our listeners that they will go where you send them and do as you call them um, without any fear or without any harm coming to them. And I thank you for all that you, you do for us and for your, for your protection and for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Well, thank you, Rachel. And thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.